This is the Truth Hurts Program. Are you sick and tired of the record high gas prices that is going high and high each day? Do your Biden buy remorse have your wallet and your fuel tank empty? Are you looking for a way to get cheap gasoline for your car or your truck or your SUV? Look no further. New for 2022, the Biden High Gas Price Survival Kit is now available to a inner city near you. Are you looking for a way to get cheap gas for your car? Look no further. New from Biden Industry, a brand new line of fuel acquisition tool and accessory that will help keep you out of gas station long lines, but will keep your tank full. We have two new products now on available at BidenSuck.com. Try the new Biden Battery Suck Siphon from Biden Industry. This handy rechargeable high capacity high volume pump can attach to a USB-C recharger and can suck the fuel tank dry on somebody's car in less than two minutes. With replacement hose and accessory fittings, and with this kind of suck power, you can probably think of a few more things you would like to do with it. Everybody like a good suck. If you don't mind working up on your back, the new for 2022 Biden Industry Poke and Fill Tank will allow you to quickly penetrate the underside of any gasoline tank for any car or truck or SUV or minivan from below. Just poke the hole in the tank and let the fuel drain right out into your slimline tank that come with the kit. And for those hard to reach places, order the new Deshaun Watson Access Edition for deeper penetration into those tight squeezes. To order, go to BidenSuck.com. That's BidenSuck.com. BidenSuck.com. Have you noticed the gasoline and diesel prices at the pumps are going up little by little each and every day over the last few weeks? I thought Joe Biden emptied our strategic petroleum reserve in an attempt to lower gasoline and diesel prices at the pumps. It was just a way to sell some of our oil and natural gas and diesel and gasoline to our adversaries so that certain people could make a quick profit. Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Happy International Women's Day! That's right, we have a special day worldwide set aside for half the population. Doesn't that make you ladies feel special? International Women's Day, a day that celebrates falling out of a vagina with a vagina instead of falling out of a vagina with a penis. Happy International Women's Day. It is Wednesday, March 8, 2023. Is it crude also to point out that this year, International Women's Day happens to also fall on Hump Day? Hmm, just asking. Anyway, when is International Men's Day? I forget. Anyone? Anyone? International Men's Day? No? Yes, we have Gay Pride Month, Black History Month, Asian History Month, Hispanic History Month, People with Disabilities Month. But when are we going to have Straight Pride Month? Men's Day. White History Month. Hmm? I'm just asking for half the nation, that's all. Everybody, it is Steve Z, the Truth Hurts program host. Gasoline prices creeping up each and every day. And it's going to get worse because Biden's economy is not getting any better. And we're getting ready to have to appease the climate change nuts as the refineries have to change from the winter blend to the summer blend 
which costs a whole hell of a lot more money to produce, to refine. The United States of America has a camel toe problem, and I'm not talking about Lululemons on unpantied vaginas. I'm talking about the problem known as camel toe Harris. Ooh, Steve Z, you're a little bit spicy today, baby. Yeah, I guess I am a little bit spicy today. Vice President Camel Toe Harris is a difficult problem for President Joe Biden to solve. Her poll ratings are in the toilet. Her job performance is, well, let's face it, not there at all. She's been an absolute disappointment to her Democratic Party. And stories about her lack of preparation and office mismanagement and pissing off her staff are already the things of legend. That's correct, my friends. Camel Toe Harris's inability or perhaps refusal to tackle any issues, much less the complex, when she had the chance, you know, items like border security, immigration reform, they've all been a total embarrassment. And every time she speaks, <laughs> that cackle, that Hillary Clinton-esque cackle, comes back to prove that every word coming from her word hole is a lie. If Biden runs again, he'll be 82 years old shortly after the election. His age should make the vice presidential pick very, very important. Even though he's likely to keep camel toe on the ticket, Democrat operatives are increasingly concerned about how voters will react to her remaining just one heartbeat away from the presidency for the following four years should Biden win. There's nothing new about vice presidents being political liabilities or getting dumped at re-election time. Replacing a running mate, however, is a delicate matter. You might recall Aaron Burr. He ran for vice president with Thomas Jefferson in 1800. He secretly tried to get the electoral college to elect him president instead, and four years later, Jefferson barred him from the ticket and even ordered his arrest as a traitor. Honest Abe Lincoln rarely saw his vice president, Hannibal Hamlin, who oddly served as a guard and a company cook during the last part of the Civil War. He was replaced on the ticket by Andrew Johnson in 1864, who became president when Lincoln was assassinated six weeks into his second term in office. Ulysses S. Grant's first vice president was implicated in a scandal. Grover Cleveland ran three times for president and won twice, and in each of his races he had a different running mate. Franklin Roosevelt, Speaker of the House, John Nance Garner as Vice President, was the result of a deal for delegates at the 1932 Democratic Convention. He was never close to Roosevelt. He stayed on the ticket in 1936, but was shown the door in 1940 when the Agriculture Secretary, Henry Wallace, replaced him. The last Vice President to be excluded from the ticket was Nelson Rockefeller in 76. When Gerald Ford became President upon Nixon's resignation, he appointed the former New York Governor to fill the second spot. But after a strong challenge from Reagan in the GOP primaries, Ford needed to strengthen his right flank. He couldn't do it with Rockefeller. A hard-bitten realist, Rockefeller understood the game and graciously withdrew. Will Harris step aside honorably? Hell no, you ain't no way y'all gonna get rid of me. I's a black woman and I's not gonna be shown the dough. Democrats fear that Harris, if she becomes their presidential nominee, will lose to either Trump or DeSantis, and that makes her a problem for Biden, and the party in general. I say we just elect DeSantis and get it over with, but that's just my opinion. Hey, the Washington Examiner is asking the question today, why did scientists deceive everyone about the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and now deep into 2023? That's a question many people have been asking, and an undeniable example of news media distributing propaganda rather than reliable information 
was the news media's suppression of the recently exposed and now vindicated origins of the lab leak theory. The arrogant assertion that the lab leak theory was a conspiracy and fake. If you pondered the theory out loud on social media back in 2020, you were likely to be banned. You were called a racist by journalists, too lazy or too politically biased to even look for the truth. Now you might expect better from actual scientists or government health officials, but sadly, they were just as bad. Dr. Anthony Fafucci once referred to himself as the embodiment of science. Hell, during the pandemic, he achieved acclaim from the worst media sources of COVID disinformation. CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, The New York Times, and others. But according to new information, Fauci held a conference call with a handful of scientists early in February of 2020, in which he stressed the need to make people stop talking about a possible lab leak origin of COVID. In the words of one of those scientists from a subsequent email, Fauci prompted Dr. Christian Anderson and others to draft a paper debunking the lab leak theory. And that particular paper was called The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2. There's nothing wrong with trying to prove or disprove something. That is what science is. But the Fauci paper was the product of motivated reasoning, which is a great sin against science. It could be fairly referred to as a cover-up. Although there is ample speculation, the precise reasons for that cover-up must now be thoroughly investigated. Someone should be looking into this. The House of Representatives Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic released a memo last weekend documenting the history of this paper, authored in part by Dr. Fufucci. The sole purpose of that paper appears to be the staunch talk about obvious explanation that the novel coronavirus may have come from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the same place conducting gain-of-function research, receiving tax dollars provided to them by the Obama-Biden administration. The Institute studied precisely the bat viruses, and it's only a few steps down the road from the wet market that became the focus of early speculation. In other words, ground zero of the lie. It would be a remarkable coincidence if the virus had nothing to do with the lab. Altogether astonishing and implausible, if you ask me. During a peer review of Fauci's paper, Dr. Anderson admitted in writing his referees that the DNA sequences of the virus in pangolins did not refute a lab origin hypothesis. I know, scientific mumbo-jumbo, but in other words, the paper did not refute or even rebut the lab leak theory. Anderson and his co-authors skewed the evidence to fit their narrative and discussed it as if it were fact. Fauci commissioned, edited, and approved that paper and even cited it to discount the lab leak theory as far-fetched during an April 2020 White House press conference. While discussing the paper, Fauci hid his own involvement in creating that document, concealed his close ties to all of its authors, and pretended not to even know who those authors are. He told the assembled reporters, quote, I don't have the authors right now, but we can make it available to you. He falsely represented the paper as an independent confirmation of the lies he was spewing. It was neither independent or a confirmation. Now the lab leak theory is considered the most likely explanation of the origins of the China virus. Fauci must be obliged to explain himself. He cannot simply be allowed to claim ignorance and walk away the same way lazy pundits do. So what drove Dr. Fucci to mislead the public so fragrantly? Had he not been intimately involved in the creation of that paper, 
You might blame him only for being sloppy or citing a bad study without understanding what was in it. But he must have understood that this paper contained no refuting of the lab leak hypothesis and that there was possibly no way to refute the lab leak hypothesis. He was not following the science. He was doing damage control. He was playing for the cameras and for public relations. Just as when he initially discouraged the public from using masks, he was spreading what he believed to be a noble lie to affect behavior on the masses. In this instance, to stop people from speculating about the truth that he considered to be too dangerous or too embarrassing for public discussion. The deeper discussion is why Fauci and others were so eager to discredit the lab leak hypothesis that they would be so deceptive. What were they trying to hide? What secret motive did they have? The investigations must continue. I and you should be contacting our congressional leaders and demanding transparency and a full and complete analysis of the China virus. Now that the purported science of COVID's origin has been exposed as fraud, lawmakers must exercise their oversight role over the National Institutes of Health and the other agencies involved in order to get to the bottom of this lie. We, the taxpayers, should not be misled by our employees in the federal government. Great job, Washington Examiner. I did interject some of my own commentary in there. It is what it is, folks. Tim Carney wrote, The CHIPS Act. Biden increases government to increase control over everyone's business. That's a description of the corporatists' industrial policy. Big government types reject socialism because of the obvious fact that the private pursuit of profit and open competition create the most wealth for the greatest number of people. Yet they believe that the power of free enterprise should be channeled towards politicians' political and social goals as opposed to market demand. Gropey Joe Biden has taken this theory to a new level. Government subsidizes industry. Government steers industry. He believes in subsidizing businesses in order to control those businesses. And the so-called Chips and Science Act, another massive Biden government overreach act, is being larded up with social engineering by none other than the Biden administration. In addition to complying with the burdensome and costly National Environmental Planning Act, companies attempting to access subsidies from this new fund will have to comply with the Davis Beacon Pay Regulations, the Buy American, buy certain set-aside percentage of source materials from minority or female-owned businesses, and run their plants on low-emission energy, and also provide free childcare for employees and construction workers. Chip makers will be downgraded if they buy their stock back from their shareholders, one of two typical methods by which companies share their profits with their shareholders, just to take any one of these conditions. The daycare plus two full-time jobs arrangement is not preferred arrangement by most married parents. Nearly 60% of Americans, according to Pew Research, and a majority of registered Democrats and Republicans believe that children are always better off with one parent at home raising them than they would be in some corporate daycare arrangement. Requiring an employer to fund on-the-job daycare takes money away from wages. It makes it harder for a single earner to be a breadwinner. The Biden administration is using their microchip subsidies to steer people into the arrangement that the Biden administration believes is better for them and away from the arrangement that most parents would naturally choose to have mom or dad at home properly raising their children. 
Anytime you see Biden proposing to increase government spending on anything, remember, it is part of his thinking that once they are taking federal money, I, Joe Biden, can coerce them into doing things my way instead of the proper way or the way they want to do them. He made it crystal clear right before the midterms. That's when the White House went on their social media tirade based on the logic that if you ever accepted any federal funding of any sort, you are suddenly a hypocrite for opposing any of Biden's proposed subsidies. The White House Chips Act behavior makes a strong case to shrink this out-of-control government spending that has only increased exponentially since Biden and the radical Democrats took control of the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. Thank God above the Republicans at least now have control of the House and some power of the purse strings. Because Joe Biden, according to Newsweek, is about to raise taxes for about two and a half million Americans, and that is just the beginning. Biden is expected to unveil a plan to raise taxes on Americans earning more than 400,000 a year as part of a move that he claims will support Medicare for two additional decades. The proposal could potentially affect millions of higher earners in the U.S., people who pay the most in taxes already, to support people who do not pay taxes at all. Nearly 1.8% taxpayers, or 2.5 million people, supposedly earn 400000 or more a year. Newsweek has been unable to find a source for that specific figure, but Biden claims to have scored a big political victory during the State of the Union debacle when he accused Republicans of wanting to cut Medicare and Social Security. They don't want to cut it. They just want some oversight, some control, to make sure that people who don't deserve it aren't stealing it. But the Biden administration with their cohorts in the mainstream leftist, progressive, liberal, woke, slimeball media would have you believe otherwise. Potential presidential candidate Gavin Newsom, Democrat of California, the current governor there who survived a recall attempt last year, says that California is done doing business with Walgreens. And he branded Walgreens a company that cowers to the extremists. Wow, if that isn't the extremist calling the extremist black. The very progressive, liberal, woke, Democrat governor of California is waging war with Walgreens over the company's decision to stop selling an abortion pill in 20 states. Newsom tweeted on Monday, California won't be doing business with Walgreens or any company that cowers to the extremists and puts women's lives at risk. We're done. Listen, aborting a baby puts a woman's life at a greater risk than just allowing her to do what nature intended, spit out a kid. That's what the human female is designed to do, to become pregnant, to gestate, and to bring new life into the world. Ripping a baby out of a woman's womb, sucking that baby out with a vacuum cleaner, carving it up with a scalpel in the womb is far, far more deadly and dangerous and poses greater health risks to a woman's body than to let her do what biologically that female body was designed to do. Newsom did not elaborate on how far-reaching the business ties are between California and Walgreens or what he plans to roll back, but his spokesman told Insider that California is reviewing all relationships between Walgreens and the state. The spokesman told Insider, we will not pursue business with companies that cave to right-wing bullies, 
pushing their extremist agenda or companies that put politics above the health of women and girls. Walgreens, by the way, has 586 stores in California, more than almost any other state and only behind Florida, which has 820 Walgreens stores, and Texas, which has 701. Newsom's feud with Walgreens came after the company said on Friday it will no longer dispense Mifeprazone, an abortion pill, in 20 states. Walgreens told the insider that it intends to seek FDA certification to distribute that drug only in those jurisdictions where it is legal and operationally feasible. The Walgreens statement said, once we are certified by the FDA, we will dispense this medication consistent with federal and state laws. Providing legally approved medications to patients is what pharmacies do and is rooted in our commitment to the communities in which we operate. Gavin Newsom is over-the-top, staunchly pro-baby murder. This article says pro-choice. Pro-choice to murder a baby. In December 2021, he said he plans for California to be a sanctuary for abortions. Bring us your pregnant and we'll kill the babies. This was before the Supreme Court gutted Roe v. Wade in June. And my friends, I am applauding Walgreens for their decision to work within the confines of the laws of the state and federal jurisdictions which regulate them. Good for you guys. Oh, shucks, y'all, and hush your mouth. It's the Country and Western Music Awards. And this year, we're more inclusive than ever before. Rap legend I.B. Cool headlines an all-star lineup of your favorite country music songs like Lil Dude Wayne's Shagging Your Old Lady Like a One-Trick Pony, Latisha rapping to the number one country new artist crossover hit with He Be Beating Me Down, Shorty Boom Boom featuring Luke Brush and the hit single Why She Want Do's Me Like That, and some familiar crossover artists like Shania D. Wayne with Don't Force It Cause It Hurts, Dunn Brooks with I'm Just a Six Pack Away From Loving You, Clint is Black singing How Can I Get Over You If You Won't Get Out From Under Him, GT Sheepherder with I Drank Her Six Pack Pretty, and for the first time ever on live television, Big Marty with Lil Shorty and their duo sensation, It Burns When We Pee. That's all this Saturday night for the first time since COVID edition of the Country and Western Music Awards, brought to you by Boofoo Calendars Boots and Sneaker Emporium, the Democrat Commission on Crossover Inclusiveness, and Woka Cola, special guest MC Camel Toe Harris, live on the Country Crossover Channel. It's the Country and Western Music Awards. Y'all tune in now, or we'll call you racist. Yeah, yeah. There's an article here that says Joe Biden gave a speech in Selma, Alabama last weekend in which he remarked that he was involved in the civil rights movement. According to Fox News, Biden's claim remains unproven. So what is the actual truth? Here's what Gropey Joe the liar in cheat had to say. I was a student up north of the civil rights movement. I remember feeling how guilty I was. I wasn't there. How could we all be up there, you know, going through what you went through? Fox is asserting that there is no historical evidence to support Biden's lie. I don't trust Joe Biden. But I don't also trust Fox News totally. So what was Joe Biden's involvement in the civil rights movement? In 1983, then-Senator Joe Biden claimed that he joined sit-in protests pushing for the desegregation of public spaces. Biden said, quote, When I was 17, I participated in sit-ins to desegregate restaurants movie houses. My stomach turned upon hearing the voices of Fabus Wallace. Uh, my, my soul raged on seeing Bull Connor and his dogs. So the question, did he actually participate? The answer is probably not. I wouldn't be surprised if he's lying. That's what politicians do. They lie. Joe Biden is no different. He has a history of plagiarism and outright lies. 
I wouldn't be shocked to hear that Biden was fabricating a story about sitting in during the civil rights movement of the 1960s because he probably figured no one would fact check his story because he's a Democrat and Democrats don't get fact checked by the liberal mainstream slimeball progressive woke media. It's hard to verify, it's hard to disprove what one guy may or may not have done one afternoon 60 some odd years ago. It's fairly convincing that Biden is lying. It does not appear that Biden ever participated in a sit-in, according to Fox News. Fox is also reporting that Biden falsely claimed he walked out of a restaurant in high school because a black student wasn't welcome to eat at the restaurant. Yeah, that's possible. But that doesn't make him a civil rights leader. He walked out. He said, I'm not going to eat here if you don't let those... And used whatever, maybe the N-word that rhymes with bigger at that time. I don't know. There's no audio or videotape of him walking out. We know Biden has used the N-word that rhymes with bigger time and time again, even on the floor of the United States Senate. During his promotion of the 1994 crime bill, Mr. Biden used the N-word that rhymes with bigger several times. The black student in question seems to have contradicted Biden's claim, saying that Biden and all the other white students in attendance were oblivious to the restaurant's policy. Fox reports that Biden falsely claimed he walked out of that restaurant. Frank Hutchins, the student, told the Philadelphia Inquirer in 1987, quote, They weren't aware of what happened. I was only 16 then. It was my problem and my battle for me to work out. They were oblivious to it until later, unquote. But Biden said during a speech in 1987 that he was not an activist during his civil rights movement. During the 1960s, I was, in fact, very concerned about the civil rights movement. I was not an activist. I worked at all black swimming pool, east side Wilmington, Delaware. I was involved in what they were thinking, what they were feeling. Of course, Biden could have well participated in a sit-in, even though we have no proof, without being an activist. Biden, by his own admission, says he was not an activist, which means he did not participate in the sit-in. I am completely receptive to the notion that Biden did not sit in, as he said. I'm completely receptive to the idea that Biden is full of crap. The key takeaway here is, if it's convenient for Biden to claim he grew up in a Latino community, that's what he lies. If it is politically expedient for Biden to claim that he was a part of the civil rights movement, that's what he lies. If Biden claims to be pro-conservation, that's what he lies. The key takeaway here is, if Biden's lips are moving, he's probably lying. And the fact that he has cognitive issues, memory issues, senility, Alzheimer's, whatever the hell it is, makes it easy for him to lie and then repeat over and over by reading the cue cards something that he will believe until he, of course, forgets it. Speaking of gropey Joe Biden, he stumbled again while climbing the stairs to Air Force One. Of course, Fox News makes a big deal out of this tripping and falling. Biden appears to stumble once again while attempting to board Air Force One this week, marking the second time the 80-year-old president has been caught on camera having trouble climbing the stairs on his plane in less than two weeks. It is unclear on both occasions what might have caused Biden to trip on the steps. That's what Fox News had to say. It's really a non-story, according to the left, because they don't want to point out the fact that this man is too old and too feeble and too incapable of doing a good job at being your president. Fox is attempting a deeper implication that Biden is too old for the presidency and that he's struggling on account of his advanced age. And he is struggling on account of his advanced age. This is what a news article says from the 1945 publication by Harrison Cass. It says, The fact that Biden occasionally misses a step while climbing the stairs to Air Force One does absolutely nothing to confirm or even suggest that Biden's age is a problem. Eh, wrong answer. 
This article then goes on to bash Fox News. They say it's a non-story. They say when Biden trips, Fox News, who's posted up with a microscope, waiting for Biden to trip or mumble or forget a line or tell a meandering story, it's an indication of age-related physical and mental decline. Here's the thing, folks. Every other news organization spent four entire years with colonoscopy-grade microscopic telephoto lenses and parabolic microphones chasing Donald Trump around, hoping to find him doing something nearly as embarrassing as Biden does on a daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly basis. Biden is too old to be in office, not just from the numbers on a calendar, but from the physical degraded condition that he has and the mental degraded condition he displays each and every day. All right, gang, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a wacky Wednesday, as I've tried to do, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Well, hi and howdy, everyone. This here is the Colonel. You know which Colonel. I can't say my full name on account of I don't want to get sued. But it's me, y'all. The guy who's been licking my fingers over fried chicken since 1952. Well, by now, y'all have all heard the rumors, and guess what? They're true. Starting now, we're no longer able to call our chicken finger-licking good. One group said it was offensive in an era of the Kung Fu Wuhan flu, and nobody should be a-licking anything right now. Such a shame. There's nothing quite like licking a finger. After licking a leg, I always say. <laughs> then another group says we're just plain racist for promoting fried chicken in general in the year 2020. Hell, we might as well close up shop. Lock up our 11 spices and our herbs. Quit plucking, quit a frying. Hell, everything else is shutting down, so why not us? <laughs> anyway, this here's the Colonel saying bye-bye to all our fans. It's been real, it's been fun, but you know what? Lately, it ain't been real fun. Now go take your coin shortage elsewhere. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network. All rights reserved.